1: Auburn fans, welcome to No Huddle, your source for Auburn football news and discussion, part of the ETC network, a family of Auburn athletics podcasts, brought to you by the Auburn Baptist Campus Ministries, located in downtown Auburn on North God Street. It's been serving Auburn students since 1961, and also the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. I'm your host AJ Richardson, and I'm also here with Ben King. We got some football it's been going on. They had a spring break in between. We got two more weeks of football under our belt and a scrimmage. It's exciting times, and we're just about two weeks away from the the A-Day game, which A-Day. is always exciting. All right, Ben, what, what are you excited about at this moment in time for f- Auburn football?
0: Uh, I'm excited about A-Day, getting back on Auburn's campus. I... And I'm not excited about all the injuries that the offense has endured over the past, I don't know, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so as long as we can all stay healthy, then uh I'm stoked that the guys are getting back into it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I'm I'm also kind of curious. It sounds like this this spring practice has been more physical than what a Malzahn on spring usually is like he during the scrimmage they had live kicks and punts when have we ever seen that i mean
0: uh not since probably chiswick era probably yeah maybe tuberville before him
1: yeah maybe even i mean it's been a long while yeah it's been a while um so I, i i don't i'm just very i don't know it's weird having all of these injuries like stack up like i i was telling ben like it seemed like it was back to back to back days where we just kept hearing about these injuries and we're like, oh crap! Eli Stove's out. Oh crap! Will Hastings is out. Oh crap! Somebody else is injured. And you're like, oh, like what? Stidham
0: probably won't play in eight day.
1: Yeah, that too. Um, so, and that's the frustrating part. Like we want to see those guys, and we're probably going to end up seeing the second and third string quarterbacks with Malik Willis and um, Joey Gatewood. But I don't know. I'm like, not, is not that gonna is lie. it going to be a
0: good thing? Like do you, I'm pretty excited about Gatewood. Okay. So Malik Willis, I think he had some, he had some trouble this past week. Yeah. So, not, not anything off the field. Just he's not the, he's not the passer that the other two are. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting. Yeah. I mean,
1: Malik. I mean, even last year was very much more known as the runner. He would come in for oh, yeah. the zone read option kind of stuff, and then he would pretty much be taken out, or he'd be thrown in at in junk time. mean he had a few passes but it wasn't like he was brought in to pass i mean jared we know how efficient he's been um so that's that's where i saw malik fitting in a lot better last year i'm hoping we fit him in a little bit more into the pass game this season all right what are you excited about joey gatewood i mean we're talking about him as this great star but what's really exciting about him i mean he's not going to get much playing time at least right now um i mean Jarrett Sidham is going to be our starting quarterback will likely play malik willis before joey gatewood i would imagine just because he's got an extra year under his belt like why are we excited yeah. about him right now
0: i don't know i'm i'm just excited because i've seen some of his tape in high school and i was at school during the cam newton era so <laughs> it it reminds me a lot he's his athletic specimen type is very reminiscent of the Newton build and so I can definitely see him having kind of the impact that we had with that offense which gets me excited. Oh, for sure. I mean no one's going to be Cam. No. But still it's that that was my favorite type of offense that we run in mm-hmm. I don't know, past 10 years.
1: Yeah, I mean that that offense where you have the run option and the pass option. And both mm-hmm. of them are equal. Like some, like Cam had, in 2010 was given, hey, if you if you need to run it, run it. Uh, or if you see an, an open guy that a defender is biting too early on a pass route, then, hey, burn them deep. Um, you, you can have so many different options with a, a guy like Joey Gatewood. Um, I mean, Jarrett had flashes of that, but – he wasn't nearly as mobile this past season. Yeah,
0: honestly, like, if Jarrett runs, I'm just holding my breath. <laughs> like, so please true. don't get hurt. Yes.
1: Especially with that shoulder surgery that he just had. Yeah. I, he like, probably got that from some hit that he took.
0: Well, we were talking about, like, potential locations for him to go pro. And I think we can both agree that out of everyone out in the pro scape, he, rem- like, most reminds us of Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Aaron Rodgers, he's not one to run very frequently and when he does, it's like it's just please don't get hit and it's
1: just a scramble to get to the first first down and that yep. that's it.
0: He's like sideline out. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's that's the build and and you know, athletic physique that they have. And he can run, yeah. but don't put your body on the line. No. You're not built that way.
1: No. Um yeah, I, I think We'll, we'll, figure it out with Jared this next year. And if I know anything, we're not going to run the exact same way that we did with Jared, but we're going to build on his extremely good passing game. Um, oh yeah. Like, okay. As far as quarterback play, like uh, let's do like a preview a little bit of this season. What, what are you figure like, how are we going to pass the ball? Is it going to be much different? Do you imagine that being much different than it was in 2017 for the 2018 season?
0: Uh, What didn't really work? So, we didn't have hardly any short passes. I think we'll probably... We had a
1: lot... We had some hopefully. Like, are you talking about, like, screens or, like, short... Yeah, I'm,
0: I'm talking about, like, slants. Like oh, yeah. We, we yeah. did screens all day yeah, long. Yeah. And we did the little run-around pitch, whatever. A lot of stuff mm-hmm. of razzle-dazzle in the backfield. And, honestly, if you don't have, like, the offensive line to be able to cover for that stuff, you're going to have a lot of blown-up plays, which we had a lot last year. Yep, And... Yeah, O-line wasn't terrible, but they had their moments of being pretty piss poor. So, the uh the question mark I guess is O-line this year because the majority of the guys that we had that, you know, were veterans are gone, and so it's almost completely new, and we'll see how they perform. But what I want to see is more more slants and not being afraid to throw the ball over the middle of the field because I feel like we hardly ever did that. It was either like Curls out, or you know, someone goes screen across and then gets a little pass, some kind of dump. And Jarrett is a good enough passer that we can definitely use him to spread the ball around and open up the run game. We just never did that. Mm.
1: Yeah, I mean, the only times I remember passing up the middle, it seemed to be was Hastings. Yeah, I was about to say Hastings was our main Hastings, the only one who was the crosser, and he yep. would, he would find the soft spot in the zone. Jared would connect with him.
0: And that's why Hastings had like 550 yards last year or yeah, something like that. Yeah, it was a he, lot. And he, he was, was one of our top receivers. And he averaged over 20 yards per reception. That's
1: that's crazy for a guy of his size to get that yeah. much yardage.
0: Granted, he was an excellent wide receiver in high school. He was. Yeah, I think he had over 2,000 yards like, in one season. Like the, he's like a five ten, one eighty 180 white boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's not usually what is extremely successful yeah. in college football, especially in the SEC. So, yeah, I think that's where we have the most opportunity. That's what I'd like to see happen. And unfortunately, we're probably going to have to wait until the fall before any of that actually occurs. Yeah.
1: I mean, with Hastings being hurt, you're not going to have that crossing route. So, I mean, maybe the other guys pick it up and they get really good at those passing routes. But, i i don't think it'll happen this soon like if you come to 8a expecting to see crossing patterns that just blow the defense's minds and we get 20 yard chunk yardage passes you're probably not going to see that uh the one thing that i i think this this passing game will will improve on is the long ball game we had a few (laughs) long ball passes like you You'd see like 40, 50-yard passes. We had a lot of those last year. I think it was one of the most um, 40-plus yards passing. I think – okay, what was it? Uh, Jarrett Stidham had more uh, 40-plus-yard passes in one game than Sean White had all of like 2016 season like that's how how much more we had but i but what i'm saying is i think we can improve even more on that cuz how many times did you see a guy like Nate Craig Myers the bigger more physical wide receiver make those long catches it wasn't all the time i think Nate Craig Myers only had 16 receptions all of last season and only i think four of those were 40 or like 25 yards or deeper there's got to be more mm-hmm. of that deep ball threat Um, which you get, you get started and you get that thing going. I mean, that's going to open up the run game because that's going to pull the defenders back that much further because they're afraid of that. So that is true. I think that's the place that Auburn's also, in addition to like the middle passes up this middle of the field, they're going to and in the slants. Like, I think that's going to be something that Auburn really needs to capitalize on for the 2018 season. Where do you see Malik Willis like fitting into this offense in 2018 I mean, last year he was mostly a runner like where do you see him fitting in for this next
0: year? uh I think majority is probably going to be wildcat, and i I don't like that we do that uh I'd love to see kind of the two players on the field at the same time in some formations where he can be like a a run threat pass threat or wide receiver threat, depending on how you want to play him. I think he's... Malik Willis is really versatile because he's speedy, and he's not the best pocket passer right now. So I don't know if that's really where his strength is. But I think we definitely did him a disservice by not playing him more last year, especially in some of the games where he's blue teams out. Yeah. We should have put him in, in like, yep. third quarter, fourth quarter mm-hmm. type situations, and we didn't. Yeah. So any type of of issues that he's having right now or any type of, uh, you know, gaps that he's having to, to, to climb over it. It was self-inflicted. So hopefully we'll see him more in any blog games for sure. And maybe playing more of a, a solid role in the offense, but it all depends on, you know, kind of decision of the offensive coordinator. So we'll, we'll see that. Yeah. What do you think?
1: I think, well, OK, so I'm thinking Malik, if anything, we need to give him those shorter passes, get him to do the. Sh- I mean, get him in a way in a place where if we're in a red zone situation, it's very predictable with Jarrett Stidham on the field. Hey, throw Malik Willis out there. I mean, they're going to have to put an extra guy in the box because Malik's a runner and he's going to be that extra threat. i it may be in the Wildcat situation, like you're saying, in those certain situations where you put him out there for one, maybe two plays in a row. I don't really see him playing even like one drive unless we're playing in a blowout game. Uh, I really want him to improve in his passing game. I mean, that was the thing of this first scrimmage that he struggled with. He, he had multiple interceptions. Um, he overthrew guys. It's something that we knew was an issue last season. Um, and even this, I, th- I feel like it's a good initiative by Malik Willis. Um, over spring break, most guys usually don't go do things. They just go to the beach with their friends or family or take the time off. And Malik Willis went down to Miami and did a whole um, a whole bunch of training with uh, some quarterback coaches, um, and one mm-hmm. of them that he's even worked with since high school. I felt like that's a good initiative by him. And ever since Chip Lindsay's come, Gus has been fine with those kind of very private coaches um, working with his quarterbacks before that. I mean, Gus was extremely against any kind of private coaching. Like what do you Ben, what do you see and what do you think of these private coaches work, working with our quarterbacks? Is it detrimental or is it helpful?
0: I think it's great. I mean, Whenever you struggle with like a college class, you get a tutor, right? It's the same type of deal when you're working on like one-on-one with a professional, able to see your technique. Because even with the quarterback's coach, you've got three or four other quarterbacks on the team that are getting you know equal amount of reps. And of course, there's assistants and everything that can help you out, but the assistant is not a professional. So having that professional one-on-one type coaching that you can use and work on is, you know, it's just going to make the players better. I think it's a great thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I see the added benefit of it. Uh, as long as the quarterback coach that they go to understands this is the kind of system that Auburn's going to run, we don't want you to mess any of that part of it up or the timing of, especially ours, being a, they get their RPOs going all the time. Like we mm-hmm. would, that's a lot of timing and you don't want that timing to be messed up. Um, so I, I really personally like it. Uh, and I think it's extra practice. That's extra practice in front of the eyes of another person that can pick up on other things. Uh, because if we're being honest, Chip Lindsey doesn't have all the attention devoted. I mean, he's the offensive coordinator. He's got a whole offense to be in charge of. He can't be nitpicking every little thing that Malik Willis does. Sure, he helps him out, uh, but it's not like a quarterback coach that can watch him and knows exactly the motions and the, the footwork that he needs to have. There's a lot that I think is an added benefit of having a private coach. All right, let's transition a little bit to the running back situation. Um, there's five, six running backs really in the – the running you got cam martin he he was the leading rusher from early the remaining leading rusher um from last season asa martin new guy um coming in uh Devin barrett he played some last season uh jartarvius uh, whitlow and uh, malik booby <laughs> yes his nickname is booby and <laughs> i am a 14 year old guy at this point because that's just ridiculous like who what? Really? Okay.
0: Uh, <laughs> no, it's great. It's the best nickname ever. Yeah.
1: Uh, Malik Miller and we also have CJ Tolbert. Um okay. I'm just gonna hit you with it. Who's gonna be our starter for running back? Ace Martin. You still sticking with him? I mean that's who you picked last week.
0: Yep. I'm I'm doing it like my uh what is it, my bracket challenge. I'm I'm all in.
1: You're all in.
0: <laughs> now Hopefully it won't turn out the same as my bracket because Auburn just fell over against Clemson. But, but yeah, <laughs> I think Ace has got, got what it takes.
1: Yeah. I feel like he's got the things that we're looking for. Cam Martin, we already know what to expect out of him. He's not an every down kind of back. If we played a can, if we did Cam Martin, I feel like it would need almost like what, I mean, I hate to say it, but something like Georgia has where, or what they had last season, where it's a, two to three guys that rotate in and you just have guys that are ready to go um
0: yeah how how, i think our top three asa malik and cam yeah probably and then Devin barrett probably kind of in the role that he had last year where he was more like sprint around yeah like speed sweep guy
1: yeah um but uh, okay i'm starting to think maybe it's just like a flash in the pan kind of deal but the freshman Jatavius Whitlow, he he apparently had a pretty stellar game. Like if any or for the scrimmage, he he was the if anything he was the star of the offense. Like there was there wasn't really any great offensive things that came out of it. I mean, if anything, there were just tons and tons of turnovers. Um, and Jatavius just broke a eighty yard run. It was from what I'm imagining, it was one of those and maybe I'm making it a little extrapolation here, but kind of like carry on Johnson's ridiculous, like spin move to reversing the field and running 80 yards for a touchdown. But I mean, that sounds about right. I mean, I, I could see that and hmm. I could see us using somebody like him in the future uh, as, as a running back. So I'm I'm going to throw him into my top three. I'm honestly thinking it's going to be Cam Martin, Asa Martin, and Jatavius Whitlow. Uh, all right.
0: The, so when he comes on the field, we need to just all yell out. Boom. <laughs> I,
1: I have a feeling the student section is going to do that. Like oh, it's gonna be when, great. It, when they're going to do the intros of the players and he's our starting running back sometime, it's going to be great. <laughs> oh man. Um, yeah, I, I still am not a huge fan of his nickname, but I think it's hilarious either way.
0: Oh, I'm I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> I'm gonna get a shirt that says "Booby" on it. B O O B E E. Yep,
1: that's how he spells it. <laughs> 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 oh, it's gonna be great. Yeah. Uh, and, and the interesting thing about uh, Jatavius is that he he had a sprained thumb earlier. It was from like the first practice, but apparently that didn't really bother him that much considering he had that 80 yard touchdown run. Uh, Yeah. Pretty exciting. Asa Martin had a 20 yard run. Uh, Devin Barrett had a 15 yard run, but he fumbled it. So good job. You just shot yourself in the foot right there. Um, Sad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) All right. Anything else about running backs that you want to talk about?
0: Uh, I'm, I'm actually really excited to see kind of what the running backs do at a day. Honestly, I don't expect to see a lot of passing in, in the air stuff. Maybe we will, maybe they'll come out and surprise me, but I think a lot of it's going to be run plays. So it'll be interesting to see who kind of stands out. Honestly, this is the, uh, the first time I've actually heard anything about, uh, just booby. Yeah. I, I can't. Ditarvius I can't see his Boobie, first name. I guess. Jatarvius. I'm just going to call him Booby yeah. Whitlow.
1: Yeah, sure. Go for it. I mean, it's so like, this it's, is like first time. it's like Iggy. We're just going to nickname him. There we him. go. go with the Iggy and Booby. Yep.
0: <laughs> Iggy Booby. <So>, oh, man. <laughs> the, the first time I've really heard about Booby. So uh, it'll be interesting to see him play. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know he was on the team last year, but we had we had a lot of talent in both running back and wide receiver that we really haven't seen on the field yet. So. Now that we've had a few guys, you know, take uh, take the shiny road to the NFL, then it'll be interesting to see these guys play.
1: Yeah. Uh, wide receivers, uh, I feel like might be another strong point of this.
0: Uh, half are injured.
1: I mean, half right now are injured, but we've. Almost, Thankfully, we're six months away. Yeah. Alive. We've got about six months away from an actual fall game, but. Yeah, I was uh,
0: I was freaking out about this earlier in the week, and. Uh, you help me out. Yeah, I would talk him down By the putting ledge. that into perspective. <laughs> I was like, everyone's injured. Yeah. <laughs> We're all going to die. Well, even,
1: I mean, I understand, like, Eli Stove, he tore his ACL. He already had surgery March 13th. So it's already been, like, almost two weeks of him being able to have some recovery. But, yeah, I mean, ACL does take a long time.
0: It's much better to get injured now than in the middle of the season or right before you go into the NCAA tournament. Oh, what am I saying?
1: (laughs) Wrong subject. Well, wrong subject.
0: I might be a little butt hurt. I don't know.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe, uh, the, most people are thinking like he's expected to play at least during the season. Now, is he actually going to play for the full season? Come play the first game. I have my doubts. Um, I would give it like a 30% chance that he actually comes out and plays in the first game. I mean, pretty slim.
0: Uh Nate Craig play Washington first game. Yeah, I know. It's not going to be easy.
1: Nope. nope. Mm. Uh then we also have Nate Craig Myers. I mean, we've already talked about him. He's going to be like expected to be the long ball threat. The interesting thing about him this year And he's been playing decent over the past couple seasons, but he wasn't the breakout star that people were expecting him to be right out of high school. He, in 2016, as a freshman, only had four catches. Uh, 2017, 16 catches. Uh, I mean, he's he's getting more traction. He's getting more chemistry. He's doing better. Um, It's just he's not... Gonna, I mean, he's not what I think of as our main wide receiver. Um oh.
0: So if he keeps increasing by a factor of four, then oh. he goes from four to sixteen to eighty catches. He's like the leading wide receiver in the nation. Wow,
1: nice. I mean, I like th- I like that we're already it thinking could happen.
0: Away. It probably
1: won't. No, it probably won't. It but could but happen. <laughs> he could just be like Ryan Davis from last season and yeah, just take of all of the the passes and be that defining guy that we pass to every single time and makes things happen. Um, And then will hastings. He got his knee injured, still very uncertain as to what happened with that um, and how bad the injury is and how long he'll be out. Uh, Maybe some information will come out sooner. Uh, But as far as I can tell, they just took him to go get evaluated. Um, I really have no idea about that one uh no egg uh he the the talk is and, and i don't think there's been any moves officially but with all of these wide receivers going out uh no egg played wide receiver last season might get pulled back into wide receiver he's been playing with the dbs i thought uh, he was doing both yeah yeah he was he receiver was. Receiver he's cornerback. Been, yeah you're right i mean he's but i feel like they're trying to push him to be more like a cornerback um but maybe now with at least for the spring game we may see him a little bit more in the wide receiver game i, hmm. I what do you what do you make of that do you think we'll, we'll actually move him back
0: uh honestly i'd like to see him play both i wouldn't mind it yeah so it's like a lot of a lot of d b's are basically wide receivers that couldn't make it to wide receiver <laughs> Didn't have that against I me. Mean, that's just, yeah, nothing against defensive backs because you know, they, they make a lot of interceptions and it's one of my favorite positions on the field. So I'm not going to criticize it, but for a large majority of them, they're very tall, fast guys who, you know, don't catch balls as well as the wide receivers do. So yep. I think, uh, Iggy can play potentially both roles and it'd be interesting at least for a day to see him do both.
1: Yeah. I feel like that would be awesome. Uh, as far as the the rest of the wide receivers, I mean, most of the guys we have coming back, um is there any one that you're thinking um I mean, we're doing like a we'll do our pre-game or our pre preview of the a day game, but like mm-hmm. how do you like and the season later on, but like are you feeling one is going to be taking the lead over all the others?
0: Uh one player? Mhm. Well, I'd say right now like Hastings and Stover are two best and then I don't know man maybe maybe the cannoli will come we'll just start throwing tight end passes all over the place
1: <laughs>
0: maybe so Sal canella could he could he could surprise some people but I don't know right now I'm I'm honestly not expecting a lot of a lot of air air balls any 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 passes so yeah <laughs> what do you think what are, what are your expectations uh Especially in like the next two weeks, when we come up closer to a day, I'm
1: leaning towards Nate Craig Myers.
0: Well, it's a solid bet. Yeah, since he's one of four, and two are injured. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I really think Nate Craig Myers will will do it. Um, like he he's gonna be. I mean, we had him picked out even for. I remember going into the Iron Bowl last season. He was a guy. We were saying, "Oh, this guy's gonna have the breakout season. He's gonna do or the breakout game that game," um, and he was the one I think the carry on jump pass that caught their pass. So like, but I wanted to see him be used a little bit more regularly. So I'm I want to see him, and I think we'll see it a little bit more this season, of him being. He's busy. on the road to eighty. Eighty, uh, high standards <laughs> by Ben King.
0: He's got a he's got to increase his. Uh... His receptions by a factor of four again. <laughs> he can do it. Yeah, I have faith in him.
1: <laughs> uh, the Homer Ben King. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, the other positions for offense is pretty much the offensive line. Um, we we have some shuffling going on. Um, haven't really heard anything nailed down as far as offensive line. Um, there's going to be a lot of new guys on offensive line. Uh, the key position, I mean, besides quarterback, is the center. And right now we have three guys in the running for that. And uh, it sounds like, okay, so the three guys that are competing for the position, Caleb Kim, uh, Tucker Brown, and Nick Brahms. Uh, from what I've heard, Caleb Kim seems to be like the very first guy on the field every single time. Um, so I'd almost think he has a little bit of an edge, but don't count any. The two other guys out, uh, you have that competition going on. Um, I feel like that's it's good that we're we're trying to nail these things down. I mean, one of the interesting things that we've talked about um, about on I think the last podcast was Gus has told his assistants that he wants to figure out the depth chart by the end of spring practice, and that's pretty insane for Gus Malzahn who just days before. Is usually announcing who's going to be the starting quarterback, and that that's just I don't know very uncharacteristic. I mean, I, I don't get me wrong; I really like it, but it's just weird. Like, um, and I think this is one of those. Like, I hope we nail down who the center is because I think that's going to be critical with getting that quarterback to center exchange going. Um, what what do you make of the offense? Um, and I know it struggled a lot during the scrimmage. Um, maybe that's accredited to just having the second and third string uh, quarterbacks in there running the offense, and it's not Jarrett Stidham who ran the whole offense last season. Like, what do you make of this offense, um, and where where maybe do you see it uh, particularly growing in this spring uh, practice?
0: Yeah, my hope is that as some of the the big time starters are injured we're going to hopefully benefit from the depth that gets out there and gets played because one of the things once we get into the regular season that we don't have time to do is is really work on and develop some of the younger players that's something that they kind of have to do on their own as they're going through drills and practice right now they actually get you know more up front position training and hopefully we can kind of take the lower portion that we have of newer players and younger players and build them up right now so that say we do have injuries during the season we're not gonna you know become stagnant or go backwards from that and if if that's what comes out of this and you know that's fantastic right now i I really wish we had everyone being able to gel and unfortunately we have to wait until the fall for that yeah but if we can work on just developing players in the spring, then I'm all for that. If, if that's the route we go,
1: yeah, and, and I think with all these injuries, it's it's going to be tough. Like I, I would honestly expect a lot of defense to be seen in this spring practice that we're going to see in a couple weeks or any news. You may hear flashes like uh like Whitlow just making insane be- runs, but I don't I mean, our defense is – I mean, we knew it was going to be solid. We had a good number of guys coming back. And the guys that we had missing, I mean, you're seeing – we're already filling the the spots with, like, from what I've heard, TD Moultrie is going to be our, our new buck position, taking Jeff Holland's spot. You got guys that are stepping in and playing extremely well. Uh, and the secondary, I've heard, is gelling. Or the, and they're trying to work together. Um to be what they called like a quote brotherhood. Um, and when you're working as a, when you're working as a brotherhood, um, I mean, when I played it, it was like, I got your back. Like you, we're going to put that extra effort forward and make sure that nothing gets behind us. We can keep, keep everything in front of us. Um, we force bad passes. We uh, get in the way of passes. We break up passes. We intercept the ball that's the kind of extra effort that I'm hoping for out of the secondary. What do you expect out of this uh, defense uh, after it's extremely good first uh, scrimmage uh, this past Saturday?
0: I expect a lot of turnovers. So I don't, I don't know if that's good or bad or whatnot. I mean, the one thing that sucks about a day is whichever side does well, the other side does worse. You know, it as stupid as it sounds to say that. Yeah. I, I don't wanna be like necessarily cheering for the offense to be to to make mistakes or have anything like that, but I love to see defense get after it and attack the ball in the air and you know, like run back a pick six or something like that. So if uh if that happens, I'm gonna be happy and sad at the same time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, right. But I expect to see the defense, you know, coming into their own and, and really attacking the ball. I think that's a lot of what we've improved over the past couple of years. And as, as long as we're aggressive and go after either the runner or the passer and then make them pay when they decide to, you know, make the best of a bad situation, then I'm all good for that. I, I love to see the defense get after it and get tenacious.
1: Yeah. Um, the defense has always been it's it's Kevin Steele came our pretty solid strength um, and we may see in the spring game and uh, this season just it's going to be like what we saw this past season you know what to expect you're going to have a good number of turnovers uh, we had more turnovers I believe last year than we did the year previous it's something that I I think our team knows how to do now. Like we've got a year under our belt. We know how to force fumbles. We know how to um, deflect passes, get interceptions. Uh, It's, I feel a lot better with Kevin Steele. Um, And just thinking about the off season uh, when, or like right after the season ended and the coaching carousel happened, I mean, there were teams going after both of our main coordinators, Um, Chip Lindsey and Kevin uh, Steele. Both of those guys, because of how well they did this past season, were considered for really good jobs. Um, And I'm just happy to have those guys back, especially Kevin Steele. He's he's got another season where he can prove that he's he's one of the best, if not the best defensive coordinator in the nation. Um, I mean, that's competing against the dominant defenses that Nick Saban puts together. Um, and that's pretty
0: impressive. Um, absolutely. And it's not like we're, we're constantly drafting or not drafting, but recruiting, uh, you know, five-star talent day in and day out, like Alabama and Georgia. What Kevin Steele is doing is he's taking the guys that fit well in his system and develop that developing them into excellent football players. And that's, that's more than you can ask for that's that's the the epitome of being a solid coach it's not just taking great players and plugging them in it's it's making great players and and building them up and uh that's one of the kind of amazing things about our defense is we have some we we haven't been you know doing bad in recruiting we've definitely gotten some great players but it's nothing that's like top of the list type deal and the way that so many of them continue to impress. I'm just blown away by that. Kevin Steele is awesome.
2: Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, he's, He's done a fantastic job. Whenever people are thinking about Auburn, they usually think of quick offense, very explosive, and now they're starting to think more of a solid defense, which in today's terms for football is pretty incredible that you can put together a solid defense when teams figure out Very, very creative ways of how to move the ball down the field and score points. It takes a lot of extra effort. You're not going to have very low scoring games really anymore uh, because of just how creative offensive coordinators and coaches and assistants are getting uh, with how they disguise things and uh, play call. Um and it's making the defense's job that much harder. But Kevin Steele, uh, he's he's been around the business plenty long enough and he's adapting to what every team is being able to do. Um, I mean one of the biggest problems I saw or I, I saw from a couple seasons ago was our past defense wasn't that great. And this past season, I mean it was pretty rare when we would just completely blow our coverage. Um, we, yep. we would usually keep the guys well in front of us. Um, I, I would, I love that. Like that's the kind of thing you don't give up huge plays. Um, and when the defenders are, are guarding them extremely tough, um, it makes the quarterback's window to pass that much smaller. Um, and then you add on top of that. I mean, we we saw in the scrimmage, one of the main reasons that there were so many turnovers was because the defensive line was getting to the quarterback and putting pressure on them and forcing the ball out of the quarterback's hands that much quicker. Uh, and that's like, that just puts together how good of a defense we just can like continually do. Um, you just keep getting the guys and, um, keep on developing them. And i I think this defense, if anything is going to be a strong point. Uh, I guess one of the big questions is, okay, so we saw a big, strong defensive push that we did really well in defense in this first scrimmage. This coming Saturday, do you expect the defense to still be the victors, or do you expect the offense to get things going?
0: Uh, I don't think it'll be as one-sided. I think the offense is definitely going to rebound, but I think defense is still going to come out on top just because... There's so much more, you know, first string talent that's playing right now, which is going to be good for the, the offense in the long run because when you play against talent that is maybe more developed than you are at this time, it helps you develop quicker. So, yeah, it it should be good. But I I fully expect defense to over the next few weeks just dominate. Maybe not not five interceptions or five five turnovers, <laughs> four interceptions or whatever. Yeah, dominate, but. That they're definitely gonna keep the offense in check and make them earn everything
1: yep uh as far as special teams uh we've like I mentioned they did some interesting things during the scrimmage uh they actually allowed the live punt returns and live kickoff returns normally yeah. whenever that happens, Gus is just like all right literally it's the the long snapper hikes it back to the punter booms it down there's literally three people on the field. Uh, and that's it. There's no running. There's just go and catch the ball. And this time we got to see, or well, we didn't see, but, um, because it was a private practice, but you, you saw that there was certain things that, um, like you get to see once the the players actually are, are running head strong at you. Um, and that, that, that's something, I mean, special teams was the biggest gripe that Ben and I had from this past season. I'm kind of happy that they're doing that, but at the same time, it scares me because I'm like live hitting coming at you real hard. Uh I know you're, they're on the same team, but you're still like you want to prove yourself, you want to earn that spot on the field, and that could bring about some maybe potentially no, more injuries. Some stupid injuries. And yep. I'm
0: like that's that's my biggest fear of it too. And that's I think typically why we haven't done live special teams over the past few years but if you look at the whole of the team and the biggest area of opportunity, it's by far like our special teams coverage and if this is what it takes for us to actually kind of figure that out, then I'm willing to take the risk of you know potential potential setbacks with some of the special teams players if we can actually figure out how to you know have a better coverage and not not blow stupid <laughs> stupid 50 yard gains or 80 yeah. yard gains or give up a touchdown on a kickoff like that's stuff that kills you in a game yep
1: momentum change we have to
0: get ahead of it yeah for real like echoing back to the 2013 national title game yeah that's still upsetting true. and you, you can't have that and so if if running live is what fixes that then please let's run live every single practice mm-hmm. with some of the special teams plays yeah and just protect yourself and one of the you know one of the good things about this is they're gonna to be running live in all the games right mm-hmm. so they need to learn how to how to be careful and protect themselves while still going all out yep on a normal basis so hopefully this will maybe prevent more injuries later on.
1: Yeah. And and I'm just thinking about a punt returner, like the ones that make uh, the really good returns. It's a guy. One of the gunners is running straight at them and they just make one move. Really get past that guy. And then you got an extra five, 10 yards that you can run. And yep. how are you going to practice that? If you don't have somebody actually running hatch you,
0: no, oh, that's exactly right. And then all the the Gunners they need to be told tackle below the waist. Yeah. Because we can never wrap anyone up. And if we go go high, then one you're looking at a penalty and two you're <laughs> probably going to miss him.
1: Yeah. And would you I mean they it's still so antsy with the targeting rule. I mean, if it's oh, anywhere yeah. close, they're going to flag it for personal foul and then Maybe, yep. It may be ejection if it's actually a helmet-to-helmet. Um,
0: Go low, take out the legs. That's something that we, we missed so many times. Like, not only was our coverage bad, but we couldn't tackle. And we could tackle any time on on defense, but when it comes to special teams, for whatever reason, we are just taking bad angles and letting guys around us. And you know, I, There was one play where we went the opposing team's running back or returner Went through like four guys. Yeah, That should never happen.
1: It should never happen. You're you're playing... You're not playing two-hand touch. you got to wrap up. Um, You don't just hit him and hope that he
0: falls down. No. No. you got to go down, wrap up flags, just take him to the ground.
1: Yeah. Uh, One of the highlights from our special teams was... I mean, it's something we already knew was coming in and we were excited about it, but sure enough it was Anders Carlson um and he boomed a 52 yarder through i mean how many times and this was live like again these field goals were live the guys were coming at the field goal live trying to block it because remember last year three blocked field goals i mean i try to wipe that from my memory but three blocked field goals you can't have that um, and that's extremely odd for a team to allow three block field goals in a season, and yet we so
0: did. What? What is Baby Carlson right now? I know he's the bookstore, but is he like the Iron Leg? Is he? Is he moving into precious metals yet?
1: He's probably scooting in there. I mean, he hasn't played at a game for Auburn, but I mean, he's he he broke daniel carlson's records in high school yeah he's got he's got the potential um i mean we can say sure let's go with the steel leg right now and then we'll move into the 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 more precious of metals
0: um steel leg i like it
1: uh, let's go with that for now um another fun nickname that i heard was uh, the bookstore because his first name is anders it's pretty great (laughs) um and then of course uh legatron jr i feel like that's not as great because then it's like, oh, he's a baby. Like I mean, like we still call him baby Carlson. Yeah, he is.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, look up his picture.
1: Yeah, he's a baby. <laughs> I mean
0: freshman freshman in college, yeah. You you kind of expect that, but still. Yeah. But
1: if he's knocking through fifty two yarders with guys coming straight at him, I'm not calling him a baby. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh and as far as the punt returners go, um, it, it was Asa Martin and Noah Igbenogany both taking punt returns. Uh, Noah took some last season. Um, so good to see him back there. Um, I remembered him being pretty shifty. Like I, we were always thinking I, I, he's about to break it. Like he is this close from breaking it and getting a huge return. But never, never had that happen last season. Um, he had a few large returns, but never like one that we were expecting for that to happen. Um, uh, as far as the special teams, um, and we, ha- we now have Larry Porter as our special teams coach, new special teams coach. Uh, maybe that's part of the reason we're going live. Maybe it was his suggestion, uh, is to go live, uh, special teams. Uh, okay. If we're, we're talking about specific areas that we need to improve on, you, you've got the kick game, kickoff game, uh, punt game, return game. Uh, blocking game Uh, where of those areas do you think Auburn needs to grow the most
0: number one is kickoff coverage Uh, I think one of the things that Carlson did really well was he almost always kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone so kickoffs weren't too bad Uh, but once once later in the season that he wasn't doing that that's that's probably why we got so lazy yeah so kickoff coverage number one and after that, probably punt coverage because we did terrible on that too.
1: Yeah, we didn't have—I don't think any really good punt returns. Like, and then, at all. yeah,
0: returning, really just blocking and and route running at that point. And I don't want to see any of that stupid razzle dazzle. Drop the ball on the ground. Three people run uh-uh. around and nope. dance around it, and uh-uh. then pick it up and run. Uh-uh. That no. was so stupid. Nope, no, nope, no, nope, no, nope, no. Nope, nope. We did that like two or three times, and it's like. You're just wasting time. Nope. Just take it and yep. go forward. Yep. Get behind the blockers. Yep. Get as far as you can. Yep. Hey, Maybe if it's make only
1: 20, okay, it's 20. Yeah. But it's not, like, whenever that happens, I feel like we get caught at, like, the 5 <laughs> or 10-yard line. You're like, what are we doing? Like, what were you expecting to happen? Yep. Uh, were you expecting, like, some magic to happen where, like, they just magically don't know where the <laughs> ball is? Like they're, like, they're pretty smart people on the field. <laughs>
0: There's three guys dancing around an object on the ground. Yeah. Let's ignore that.
1: <laughs> it sounds exactly. Okay. I'm just imagining three guys dancing around the ball <laughs> on the ground. Sounds very much like an LSU thing with their voodoo, but maybe it's crossing the lines a little bit.
0: The only reason <laughs> that I think it would work is if someone out on the side actually took the ball and ran, and then we had three guys dancing around. <laughs> Maybe maybe we'd fool someone then. Maybe. But the way we've done in the past, no.
1: Yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. No. I <laughs> let's not. Let's just run the ball straight out.
0: Yep. Uh
1: I, work on blocking. Yeah.
0: And then the runs will come.
1: You know what I'm curious about? And I wonder What's if that? Anders Carlson can do this on a kickoff. You remember how good Cody Parkey was with the little like he would run next to the ball on the kickoffs? So it would be a an onside kick and yeah. run next to it. He, yep. did, he did that in the NFL too, um, which was pretty amazing. um, And it was successful. Like he was successful so many times at Auburn. I wonder if Anders Carlson is good at that. I uh, haven't heard anything about it, but that would be something to keep an eye out for. I feel like that would be really fun. Should have Hastings fun. do that.
0: Yeah. Wasn't he like the specialist that was, kicker or something? Yeah. He was an onside kick specialist. Yeah. That was, that's what it was. That's why he was on the team. Yeah. Before he became a boss wide receiver yeah that's right (laughs) so i don't know that would be interesting though yeah i hope that we don't get in a situation where we need an onside kick but say that we do it'd be something good in the back pocket
1: and and those kinds of i feel like those kinds of onside kicks they worked when they were least expected
0: yeah very true
1: first kickoff we're just gonna do an onside kick catch you off guard like that kind of thing um,
0: <laughs> if we have our first kickoff In the Mercedes-Benz Stadium uh, be an outside kick I'm going to turn the TV off <laughs> <laughs> Me too <laughs>
1: It's inside So like we can eat. There's not going to be any wind Just kick it as far as you can Anders. Kick it yep. through the end zone um, And we know you got the power I mean you kicked a 52 yarder Off the ground Not on a tee um, Yeah you'll be fine He'll be fine He'll um, be good all right. Anything else you wanted to mention about, uh, spring practice
0: so far? Uh, everyone stay healthy from this point on.
1: True. Simple as that. <laughs> uh, one of the things that did happen, uh, and this was over spring break was, uh, Gus became a grandpa. He's, uh, his daughter gave birth, uh, to a baby boy. So central future Auburn quarterback there. Um, pretty exciting. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he had his first grandchild. It's exciting news. Uh, also, over the past uh, couple weeks, there was um, Auburn Pro Day. Um, and I feel like these are pretty impressive. So I'm just going to run through these real quick. Some of the top uh, 40 times. Uh, Trey Matthews, 4.54 seconds. Uh, and this is for for the 40, if that wasn't clear. Uh, Carlton Davis, 4.47. Uh, Steven Roberts, 4.61. Jason Smith, 4.76, uh, Trey Williams, uh, 4.75, Jeff Holland, 4.8. I mean, really, why is he running a 40? I mean, like, I don't understand this. He never has <laughs> He's to gotta run, run, run like, like yards. five
0: yards. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that, but maybe, maybe there's some sort of analysis of like explosiveness or something. I don't know. Um, carry on Johnson, uh, 4.54, uh, Pretty impressive times uh, from those guys. Uh, there were some other big guys, uh, but they they were linemen and they're not that fast, so I left them off. But really, again, when do linemen need to run a forty? Like all they need to do is get quick off the line and get in the, hold your ground. Yeah, hold your ground. Um, get to the running back. Get to the quarterback it's not really like, oh, run from like point A to point B. Like they don't do that ever. (laughs) So that's why I didn't include those. Um, One of the interesting things I I saw about Carlton Davis was uh, he was mentioning like some some critiques that some of the analysts um, after being analyzed by the NFL um, analysts, and one of the things that they noted was Auburn, loves to run man coverage. And that's what Carlton Davis was really good at. Um, But because of that, he didn't have as many interceptions as they were anticipating for a guy of his caliber. And another critique that they had was he was very handsy, um, meaning because he was playing man-to-man, like there's a lot of physical contact with that one guy that you're guarding. And sometimes that would get him in trouble with some... Pass interference calls, um, and and he was very transparent. He was like, "Yeah, we, we love to play man." Um, he got very good at it. Um, sure, maybe a few times he got a little too handsy with guys, um, but again, like he's playing, <laughs> uh, he needs to. I know handsy. It's pretty funny.
0: It <laughs> doesn't sound right. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It's great, not at all.
1: <laughs> um, but he was a. But he he addressed that and said. Hey, I I understand those are the the things that you want, but I'm also very capable of playing zone. And in zone, you're a little bit more likely to because you have your your head more towards the quarterback playing in your zone, reading the quarterback's eyes, instead of running with your back to the quarterback and then reading your your guy that you're guarding. So like, there's more opportunity for and like for more interceptions um with yeah. a zone. Um so I, I feel like he's very well equipped man. He's just gotta prove himself playing um a little bit more zone and in the workouts that I'm sure he's gonna be doing with teams, he's he's gonna be able to um prove himself there. Uh on Johnson, um he's probably one of the biggest guys going that from Auburn that is going to be going into the draft. Um he he I mean there's a lot of teams talking to him um one of the so, uh, so he was asked of all of the the coaches of all the teams like where would you where would you want to go and I was I was baffled by his answer he said Pittsburgh I'm like why Pittsburgh like it's kind of odd um like his dad was a huge Tampa Bay fan so like why are you wanting to go to Pittsburgh I mean it's not like you choose in the NFL draft yep. where you want to go but I just, I don't know, I just thought it was interesting he wanted to go to Pittsburgh.
0: Oh, Pittsburgh's a cool city, but I wouldn't want to play for Tomlin.
1: I, I don't just know. Not,
0: uh, uh, it, they always have a ton of talent, and they haven't done a lot recently. So yeah. They lost to Jacksonville.
1: <laughs> oh. Well, Jacksonville, nothing, Jacksonville last year nothing was pretty solid.
0: Clint's team. Well, they, they, pretty they solid made the playoffs? for Jacksonville is like, yeah, by beating Pittsburgh. <laughs> 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 That's what I'm saying. So...
1: Yeah.
0: I don't know. Maybe maybe Kieran will be the uh the key to Big Ben actually doing something yeah big again.
1: And that's obviously if he goes to Pittsburgh. There's yeah. I mean there's thirty two teams. I don't the odds of him actually going there are pretty slim. Uh one of the things that I think is such a key point and I'm just preaching in the choir right now about Kirion Johnson is he was so dependable. Like there was, he was very consistent. Like he had such good ball security. There weren't many times where I was thinking during a run, hold on to the ball, carry on, don't don't fumble it. Like he's he held on to the ball, and that's something in the NFL you have to have.
0: Um, yeah, as long as he can stay healthy, you can run him thirty times a game, and that's that never happens. Yeah, it should never happen but we did it constantly last year. Mm -hmm.
1: And even despite all of those, he only missed three games this past season. Yep, That's pretty incredible. Well, he missed, sorry, he missed three out of the last three seasons, three games. That's it. That's how durable this guy is. Yeah, sure. He got banged up, but it's, he's playing against the sec. Every single running back, even somebody big like Bo Scarborough from Bama got banged up. And and it's just a fact of the game. You're going to get hit, and especially as a running back, you you have a number of hits before you get injured. Um, and carry on. I mean, even despite getting injured, you saw him playing through all of that. And that's also another thing. You got to play through in the NFL with injuries, and he did so. Um, I know I'm preaching the choir, but I feel like he's <laughs> he's a very solid pick. Um and he's a pass and he can catch passes out of the backfield. Just incredible incredible guy.
0: So wherever Kirion goes, are you gonna draft him? Yes. In your fantasy? Probably.
1: Unless we'll see. unless, unless well, I'm ahead of you. Well, yes, that <laughs> or I'm for sure like the running back ahead of him is like Adrian Peterson no, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah, AP is he's like some, but,
1: somebody really solid as a running back in front of him like, yep. then I'm not going to pick him because carry on is not going to get any playing time um, one of the other things that I, I wanted to note was uh, Auburn players in the NFL um, since we're kind of on the topic of Auburn players of, of recent time going to the NFL let's talk about the players and free agency that uh, are already in the NFL um, and two of them that I recently saw um, Sammy Coates. uh, He was at the Cleveland Browns and now is going to the Texans. Um, He got picked up uh, about a week ago, I believe. And uh, the only negative kind of news is Sammy Coates will be behind two star receivers, Deandre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Uh, But I mean, that's time for him to shine. That's time for him to grow um, under those guys too. Um, And maybe become that third receiver uh, for the Texans.
0: And one of the cool things about that is if you put your two best guys on defense against those, then that opens up Sammy.
1: Yeah, very much. And they're going to put their two best defensive backs on them, uh, on those two wide receivers. So then you got the third string Uh, that that could be pretty big. And Sammy Coates is really fast. He's going to burn you. I mean, that's what he did at Auburn. Um, Yep. Uh, that's the kind of thing that maybe he could do, he could do for the Texans. That'd be great. Uh, another player in the NFL that got uh, picked up was Cody Parkey, um, and and Ben, I just wanted to ask you, like, do you know where he went? The Bears. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Headed to Chicago. The Chicago. Chicago Bears. Um, the Bears. <laughs> I was excited for him um, because he's battled um, being on a team just. I think in 2015, 2016, something like that, he got injured um, and he's been bouncing around teams and hasn't really stuck anywhere. Um, so it's good to see like the Bears picked him up. I mean, he's obviously like from back when he was playing, uh, even in his rookie season, he was he was a very consistent like we knew a kicker. Um, and like I mentioned, he can even do some really fun things like an onside kick. Yep. So that's pretty I had exciting.
0: him on my uh on my fantasy team at one point. Oh yeah. He played for the Eagles, I wanna say.
1: Yeah, I think I had him too. I think it was a different league than the one I was in with you. Yeah. Uh I mean not only because he's Auburn, but I think he was he was Just an he excellent was a solid kicker. kicker. Yeah. Yep. Um all right, I believe that does it for the NFL news that I had. Um Ben, uh is there anything else you want to talk about? Um as far as spring practice and uh, we're Auburn players going to the NFL.
0: So really excited about next week's podcast where we're kind of going to pre game the A Day game.
1: We're gonna pregame. And, uh, you hear that guys? Pre game it.
0: That's right. <laughs> it's what you need to listen to before you head down to the loveliest village on the plains for uh, a nice little spring A Day game.
1: Yes. we so, when you're on when you're headed there, that's true. Listen you to it.
0: Listen to it on the way you could uh listen to it while you're cooking some burgers or something you know do do what you like yeah just just listen yeah yeah we'll be coming out (laughs)
1: please 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 just listen uh yeah we'll be coming out with that next week uh we expect telling you what we expect out of a day uh so exciting times um yeah and uh if you want to get in touch with us uh you can get in touch with me um, at On Twitter at AJYJAY underscore. And Ben, where can they get in touch with you?
0: You can find me anywhere on social media at BENK1NG.
1: Great. And everybody, it's always great to be an Autumn Tiger
2: and War Eagle. War Eagle. That's going to do it for this episode on the E2C Network. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune into our show couple of reminders for you listeners before we head out today If you're interested in joining the e2c network team make sure you give us an email at e2c at gmail.com and we'd be happy to discuss that with you also make sure you're checking out the variety of episodes on our podcast we have coming out each week as well as our blog post on e 2 cnetworkcom specifically make sure you're checking out facebook live sessions that we have called e2c live and auburn fan chat where you the listener can get involved in the show and have your voice heard If you're interested in connecting with us and giving us feedback, there are a variety of ways to do that. First, go online to iTunes at SoundCloud and Google Play. Please subscribe there and give us reviews there as well. It helps spread the show and lets us know how we're doing. If you're looking to find us on social media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Just type in E2C Network and that'll get you there. Once again, our email is e2cnetwork at gmail.com and our website e2cnetwork.com. And I want to thank the Auburn BCM and the Auburn Uniform Database once again, and thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.